security is everybody's responsibility unless everyone is aware of this things are very challenging otherwise the culture should enable being challenged in its dna one should not focus on the end result but if you are able to focus on the process you are going to end up with a better result irrespective of uh, which organization that you come from what domain you can actually achieve continuous security only thing is you need to take baby steps but you need to take it continuously hi i'm guy pojarni ceo and co-founder of sneak and you're listening to the secure developer a podcast about security for developers covering security tools and practices you can and should adopt into your development workflow it is a part of the secure developer community check out the securedeveloper.com for great talks and content about developer security and to ask questions and share your knowledge the secure developer is brought to you by heavybit a program dedicated to helping startups take their developer products to market for more information visit heavybit.com Hello everybody. Thanks for tuning back in to the Secure Developer. Today we have a great guest from Singapore, back in uh sort of the the Asian side of the world. Uh, Mohan uh, El Nadu runs the application security part of Prudential. Uh, Mohan, thanks for coming on the show. Um, Pleasure mine. So, Mohan, before we dig into a whole bunch of, you know, sort of topics of conversation, tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, how, what do you do and and kind of how you got into security in the first place? It started uh, with building. I was primarily uh, working at university, teaching application uh, development primarily for a variety of uh, postgraduate engineers. Uh, and uh, then I joined, uh, you know, a startup company where I actually started from bottom layer and reached the application layer, where I designed the uh, kernels. I uh, developed drivers. Uh, then I went to the application layer actually and uh, that's how you know i started working with mobile application in the beginning and then on the web application so i've been a builder first uh, then i moved to testing so i became a breaker i would say <laughs> and then eventually i moved into pen testing uh, world where i was kind of uh, a true breaker you know and eventually i realized being in pen testing uh, you know the, the fear of influence is very limited to that application that where i was working with but if i have to make a org wide impact i have to move slightly towards uh, developer side and that's how i moved into devsecops so now i'm a defender you know so builder breaker and defender now <laughs> yeah No that's a great journey actually you know because you come from um oftentimes we try to draw analogy in security to the world of quality and you've literally kind of done that journey you know kind of going from from assessing quality <laughs> yeah. to assessing security to now building security and so what is it that, that you do today just like tell us a little bit about appsec you know what's your role today okay so at prudential at group level uh, we have different local business units and uh, each business unit because they are based in different countries there are local uh, regulatory compliances that we need to follow apart from uh, you know the regional uh, at group level so mm-hmm. we basically uh, have recently kick started uh, the devsecops program and uh, we have deployed the uh, four primary areas you know the software uh, security through sast uh, soft uh, static application security testing uh, and then uh, we have open source software security and third area is the container security and the final is the dask the dynamic application security so we have chosen different tools and uh, working with uh, development teams to onboard their applications and you know 
we have just kick started the onboarding process so eventually we plan to go to different uh, local business units and give them workshops on how to use these tools and then at the same time we are parallelly building uh, something called as ecosystem where uh, because we are very few in number in appsec team so we basically plan to create this ecosystem which basically fills the gap between what the developers want and uh, what we can actually support you know being small in number so mm-hmm. uh, we are planning to put uh, how to use different tools what are the frequently asked questions in terms of vulnerabilities how to fix those vulnerabilities and then some small 5 uh, to 7 uh, minutes videos about how to use the tools how to fix those tools in primarily one or two major technologies and then eventually uh, the questions come from different areas we basically try to help them uh, you know with some jira tickets being raised to track and close and guide them got it so th- so you know that sounds uh so it's kind of you know you're thinking scale so you're building kind of the appsec team to to build uh, supporting uh, it's it, like do you call the team the appsec you know group or is it the devsecops i mean what's the what's the identity here you know how do you uh, how do you okay. call yourself yeah so we we have primarily within appsec two teams one is engineering team another is uh, the operations team so engineering teams basically does all on the r&d part and the reviews and the you know latest tools scripts and any process improvements mm-hmm. uh, they do it at a you know a limited environment and then the operations team basically does the you know rollouts and you know education and tracking different issues around uh, you know day to day life yeah the bau activities got it yeah. but both of these groups support the engineering teams in doing it or or do you yes. mean the so the engineering side is the 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 writing code or reviewing code but really like a lot of it is around working with it's not about the codes they build it's about the codes the engineer build and and keeping it secure is that a safe assessment or are yeah, they actually so building solutions and maintaining services yeah so we in the application security team you know we don't develop any applications but we do have uh, integration code you know like uh, writing uh, you know playbooks uh, for installing automated installation of various scripts tools etc so in a way we develop that part of integration code but otherwise right. uh, you know uh, no application that business uses so uh, that's a complete development activity so we basically support them got it no that makes a lot of sense you talked about the local businesses but then you know it sounds like the initiative this devsecops initiatives is not is not local it's a global initiative led by a local group and then expanding into the other different sort of prudential subsidiaries i guess or sort of local businesses around the world yeah that's right at regional level we basically uh, have you know developed the whole concept and uh, you know set up different tools at a central level in the cloud we primarily use azure cloud and then uh, we have different local business units which use this cloud through their uh, own tenant subscriptions and these the development teams actually uh, you know primarily the earlier focus was on the infrastructure security and very less uh, focus was given on the application although they were pen testing as part of compliance and other you know, important releases but uh, appsec as such uh, was not the priority basically so we started uh, you know uh, with this devsecup programs more uh, focused attention towards the application security and then you drive so, you sort of you build that expertise locally and then you expand it and permeate it out to to others yes of, uh, exactly so we have our extended hands in the local business units through uh, itsms it security managers so some of the itsms are really very very good some are good in uh, you know other security areas so we basically try to uh, you know uh, balance this out and 
we help them uh, build this additional skills uh, skill set and uh, you know work with the local development teams actually got it Cool. I mean, it's uh, it's always uh, probably like a, both a, a blessing and a curse to be the trendsetter, you know, to be the one sort of driving and mobilizing the organization. You get to shape a new future, but you probably have to uh, have to battle some blockers. Do you find, you know, as you engage, so you, it sounds like you're in this interesting position where you are, you know, you're thinking ahead, you're thinking about how security needs to look over time, you know, today and, and over time. And you sort of have these two groups you need to convince or sort of bring along for the journey. On one side, you have the development teams that you know, need to be signed up to this. But on the other side, you also have your peer or other security teams in different regions that need to do it. Do you find people are resistant to this change or they embrace it? You know, what's your yeah. sort of view of, uh, of the overall... Uh... <laughs> yeah, interesting question. Okay. You know, uh, what I've read, what i come across is slightly different, you know. Normally, when uh, when I read articles and uh, you know blogs, and I get a feeling that hey, developers are trying to resist the security part of it, you know. But in here, uh, I found that developers do appreciate the importance of security. Only thing is, uh, if it is transparent to them, they love it because that's not slowing down the process to production, you know. But if it is slowing down, they want to find uh, better ways to manage this. And I've read, you know, in other stories that people try to bypass. So somehow I don't see that behavior here. So in a way, I would say I'm lucky. But in general, uh, developers do understand, you know, the importance of uh, deploying secure software. Uh, but sometimes the business, uh, uh, you know, timelines basically to take their products to market forces them to, uh, you know, kind of do it as quickly as possible. But that time, uh, you have to balance out, you know, uh, how much you can put in production and how much security in-depth that you can reach. So sometimes it can go uh, in a tricky way, I would say. But again, it's not uh, the developer's fault. You know, it's basically the whole ecosystem around us is pushing them, uh, you know, to deliver faster. But uh, as an AppSec consultant, my job is basically to simplify this uh, friction uh, friction of uh, you know, taking quicker and uh, doing it securely. You know, so uh, my job is basically to simplify this, and DevSecOps program basically uh, tries to address this. You know, so if I'm able to give the developers feedback early in the lifecycle and a constant and a transparent one, you know, so these three things, if I'm able to give through DevSecOps program, I think developers would love to embrace security than uh, you know have a different feeling that we are not enablers but blockers kind of yeah yeah, I love that. Spoken like a like a true partner. You know, I think really at the end of the <laughs> yeah, day, exactly. it all starts with people. And I think probably the, the the worst way to approach it is with an adversarial, you know, it's us versus them, you know, and, and, and really you have to understand the context of the developer. Yeah. Like they're being uh, demanded to deliver function and speed and, and the likes. And you need to you need to roll with that. Yeah. Right? You need to adapt to their surroundings. So maybe let's get a little bit, you know, deeper into the details. So how how is it that that you engage with with the developers? I mean, what's uh, I know there's like security champion programs. You know, you mentioned a little bit about automations. How do you work your team with the dev side? Yeah, so there are multiple areas in which we need to focus when it, uh, it comes to you know, onboarding developers uh, to do secure development. One is definitely the tools, you know, uh, and early feedback. So. If you have uh, automated pipelines through whatever uh, orchestration tool or uh, platform that you use, uh, early feedback gives them the sense of where they stand in terms of, you know, uh, the application security posture. 
But at the same time, that is not enough, you know. So you need to have a process around supporting them, as you rightly said, you know, being partners, actually. So that's where, uh, you know, we need to build a, a good relationship with across different uh, development teams from different regions. And that's what I'm trying to target. But main challenge in this process is basically the people, you know. Uh, if we had enough number of AppSec folks in the team, it actually helps building that relationship faster and, uh, you know, we can deliver the requests earlier. But having said that, you know, we know there are challenges in terms of, uh, you know, getting good number of people in the AppSec domain. We need to go for the third option, basically, the uh, ecosystem, you know. So first tools, second the processes, and then third part is the ecosystem. That's how I prefer to build that, uh, you know, whole relationship. And ecosystem basically helps, uh, you know, to progress without the AppSec consultant's availability because that's uh, the uh, scarce resource these days. So since we have, you know, uh, hundreds of developers uh, spread across different uh, local business units, building ecosystem basically helps them, uh, you know, reach their destination faster. Say, for example, uh, you know, look at static application security testing tools. Take any tool, in fact. I have... Uh, I, in fact, uh, designed uh, and developed part of the one of the leading uh, you know, secure code analysis tool compiler. And I know that domain quite closely. So I know, you know that this domain, uh, although it is there since, what, uh, three decades or more, but the inherent of, uh, you know, the core problem of this uh, code analysis, either for quality or for security, is that the false positives. Because you cannot develop models uh, you know, to understand the technology because there's variety of ways in which a developer can use the technology to deliver business value. So in such cases, uh, false positive is, is, is an obvious byproduct, you know, mm -hmm. and more the number of false positive, less the faith the developers have in their tools, you know. So it's very important to, uh, you know, iron out this part uh, very quickly and uh, in, a, in a smooth manner, you know. So... As part of the ecosystem, uh, we, we plan to build a list of uh, sure 100% false positive list coming from a particular application for a particular tool. And then we're going to say, hey, uh, look at uh, your result and look at this table. If you see these issues in your application, straight away go ahead and uh, uh, you know, mark those as false positives. You don't have to worry about fixing it. We will not mm -hmm. break your build uh, in any case. So that's one level of, uh, you know, resolving their or reducing the number of uh, issues to be resolved. Second way is basically sometimes uh, there are false positives with a peculiar uh, uh, situation. For example, there's a CVE reported on a uh, library, for example, open source library. And then uh, there's a caveat saying that, hey, if you use this API in this particular library, then only this CVE is applicable. Otherwise, you're not. So if I have a dependency and then there is a transitive dependency on it, and if I'm not using this API from that transitive dependency, I am not required to fix this issue. Basically, I'm not vulnerable either. You know? So in such a case, we need to give that confidence to the development teams that, hey, we have analyzed this CV. Uh, this doesn't apply to you. Don't worry on this. But they, at the same time, because it's a vast organization, there will be another team which would be affected by the same CVE, but they are vulnerable or their application mm -hmm. is vulnerable. So we need to balance this out, and this has to be done on a quick basis, you know, because the more longer you uh, take time to resolve this uh, clarification, you are actually going away from the development teams, you know. 
So yeah. this is this this is very very crucial. Uh, you know this quick analysis for any new CV because if imagine if the critical the severity of this vulnerability is on the higher side, you have to just drop uh, leave aside everything and then focus on this analysis and clarify to the both types of development teams. You know, hey, for you this doesn't apply. For you it is apply applicable. You better fix it. You know, or you have some other uh, compensating control in place like rock rule or. You know, some kind of monitoring and so on. Right, another mitigation so, technique, yeah. Exactly, yeah. So that's what I mean by, you know, creating ecosystem around them so that there's less and less friction, basically. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense. I think there's a lot of uh, conversations in, in the security kind of world today that goes from maybe maybe a perfectionist perspective that says, well, I want to report and I want to tell you developers about all the problems and you should fix all the problems to being much more yeah, yeah. Uh, diligent, you know, understanding that there's only so much time and so much attention that you can demand of developers, you know, for security issues. And you have to use that time wisely uh, and ensure that you really, you really uh, invest in using their time well, right? And in, in, uh, in avoiding anything. So sounds like a really, Absolutely. really good thinking. Yeah, the extension of DevSecOps program, uh, you know, uh, is through uh, some kind of mechanism where they get feedback. At the same time, there is something which uh, you know controls the whole uh, delivery, you know, uh, to ensure there is security in production, is through build breaker program. You know, so build breaker programs, uh, you know, I think you touched upon that part. You know, it has to be implemented in in a manner in which it is pragmatic. You know. So uh, every tool would give different uh, types of vulnerabilities. Like some may give like critical high, medium, low. Mm-hmm. Some would give you know threat level ten, nine, eight, seven, and so on. So when we target these breaking the build program, once they are comfortable with the whole ecosystem, we need to be considerate, as you rightly said, uh, of their available time basically to fix these issues. Developers are not there, uh, you know, just to fix the issues. They are there to deliver business features. So we yeah. have to balance this act very, very carefully. So the way we plan to de- deliver this is, uh, you know, maybe zero to six months, uh, allow them to, uh, you know, scan, get the feedback, and have a clear understanding. But at the end of third month, you we basically would like to tell them, hey, your build is going to be broken for, if not all the criticals, maybe some core criticals, for example, SQL injection, maybe process scripting, or any other data injection uh, issues. Mm-hmm. So uh, that gives them enough time, basically, to look at subset and then focus on fixing it, actually. And then eventually, after uh, maybe nine months, uh, you know, from, from the start, you basically come down and say, hey, no criticals allowed now. You, know, you, have, you had this much time to fix it, now no criticals. And then eventually, in the next step, you would say, hey, now put that you're focused on critical issues, now there are none, this will down and say, no high issues, you know, and so on. So we gave them time enough to get comfortable with the whole ecosystem of DevSecOps tools and scanning, etc. And then we gave them, hey, uh, you start from, you know, the top core and then slowly increase the vulnerabilities so that, you know, they have enough time for both doing uh, delivering business features as well as fixing the issues. Yeah, sounds like a, a good way to roll out. You know, you have to stagger it. You can't just come in and, and uh, be a bull in a china shop and just sort of break everything. You know, you have to uh, be wise about it. I do feel um, uh, in, in kind of the world of uh, open source defenses and these CVEs, then, you know, another practice that, you know, I'm kind of fond of is this separation between a new vulnerability that comes along and a change, you know, this notion of, of establishing yeah. a, 
a gate that is more forward-looking, so you have all these vulnerabilities right now, but can I break the build in whatever fashion that, you know, whether it's in a pull request or in a build or whatever it is, only on a new vulnerability that you've added, you know, because you've modified the code changes. So you don't necessarily just go backwards, but it's also, hey, stop the bleeding, you know, kind of draw a line over here and then uh, then onwards. So I think, uh, uh, Mohan, we, you've already touched on a bunch of those, but I want to make sure we don't miss them because I liked that framework. You've written about this, uh, this notion of the six principles of continuous security. And I, I kind of I liked the, uh, the way it was organized. So maybe, maybe what we yeah. can do is we can kind of go through them and sort of see, you know, I think it's oh, something sure. that we've already elaborated and talk through them. Does that sound good? Yeah, um, yes. uh, I would love to do that, in fact. Sure. So <laughs> this was uh, done for one of the conferences in Europe I presented. So uh, these six principles primarily focus towards, you know, uh, give a one clear message that irrespective of the measure in the budget that you have, you can have continuous security. So basically, uh, you know, uh, it's feasible for uh, all the organization, irrespective of the size or other constraints, uh, you know, you can still achieve your continuous security. So uh, the first principle basically talks about uh, I code, I protect, uh, you know, which basically means, uh, hey, uh, I'm developing something as a developer. Uh, it's my duty to have uh, some kind of uh, security uh, protection uh, developed as uh, as part of the whole module development, you know. And when I say that, at the same time, I'm saying, uh, I, as a developer, I should not expect another layer or a higher layer, uh, you know, mm-hmm. to uh, protect my application. For example, VAS. For example, you know, uh, real-time application self-protection or VAS. So uh, I shouldn't expect these uh, controls to protect me, you know. So as a developer, I should have any code that I put it in production should have both, uh, you know, the, the business value as well as the, the security built around it, actually. Mm-hmm. So that's the yeah. first principle. The second one is basically, you know, security is everybody's responsibility. You know? So be it a developer, it, it, it's not just developer's responsibility. It is the responsibility of the scrum master. It's the responsibility of the product owner. It is the responsibility of, uh, you know, people in the leadership. Uh, as well as people in the you know marketing area as well. So unless everyone is aware of this, things are very challenging otherwise. So leaving yeah. uh, security only to development teams, yeah, it's 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 like inviting disaster because yeah. people, I mean, the hackers have found different ways to get into the network, you know, through uh, maybe a reception's uh, email, you know, uh, or through uh, you know board of directors uh, email frauds actually. Or, uh, you know, through some other ways, you know, uh, within the ecosystem, either through uh, the application layer or the network layer or the parameters. So there are multiple ways, unless everyone takes that responsibility of, uh, you know, having enough awareness about security, things would be really difficult. I like how the uh, that one very much kind of complements the first one. You know, I have our VP sales has a phrase that says uh, accidents happens at intersections. You know, which is I kind of I like that phrase. You know, for the context of security, just as we discussed indeed, like you know, everybody has to take this, and just like developers shouldn't expect somebody else to do it. You know, that someone else also shouldn't expect them to just be perfect at what they do. You know, yet and also their exactly everyone's responsibility. Yeah, love it. Yeah. Okay, so we've got one and two. You know, yeah. let's uh, go on number three. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, security through automation. Simplify security through automation. Uh, I love this uh, uh, principle because these days everyone uh, expects to deliver whatever, you know, uh, within the shortest time, you know, like we came from waterfall uh, background to uh, DevOps, you know, or CI, CD or Agile uh, model. So 
So uh, the prime factor here is uh, you know everyone is trying to uh, uh, reduce what is going to production. You know instead of ten features, I'm actually developing MVP and then adding one or two features with every release, or enhancing those features in the uh, in the subsequent releases. So when they are simplifying uh, from the business feature side, I think it is our duty from the security side to simplify uh, you know uh, whatever security process or tooling or uh, any other uh, procedure. Through automation, you know, so automation can be brought out at different levels, you know. So I see primarily three areas. One is, uh, you know, automation through onboarding of your application in your DevSecOps program. So if it is smoother, you know, people start uh, adopting it quickly. You know, second thing, uh, the false positive analysis or the triage process. If you're able to automate this through either configuring the tool itself. Or having a mechanism where they can address these issues, and the third is the metrics generation. You know, so metrics generation. If you are able to automate, that gives them a very good feedback in terms of where they stand from different dimensions of security. You know, so uh, the static analysis of uh, the code that you develop, the code that you use, then the containers that you use, the ecosystem that you use, like Kubernetes or so, as well as uh, you know. Uh, The inputs coming from uh, manual pen testing. So if you are able to, you know, put these in together, you know, in one single pane of glass. The point is, if you have an integrated dashboard, uh, the developers in one shot get a very quick feedback, and then they can analyze. Uh, hey, uh, last release we had this much, uh, you know, whatever vulnerabilities in these areas. Now we are progressing well ahead because it shows that the graph is, you know, going downwards. But if it is by chance it is going up, you know there could be multiple reasons. They have increased code, new features, multiple new features. So in that case, they can get a sense. Uh, you know, uh, they have to act upon if the you know the trend is going upward direction. Uh, so they can you know think of all this only when they are aware of this. You know, and to be aware, you need to have a, a single dashboard given to them in a manner in which they can consume it. So. Yeah, the so automation in these three areas is, is something that uh, I, I really feel uh, boosts the overall security posture of the applications across the group. Then uh, the third, uh, fourth one, build ecosystem and build confidence. Yeah, so this this I already touched upon. You know? So right. you can build ecosystem around many different areas, you know, because the number of AppSec consultants in your team is not proportional to what you expect, basically, right? So when you are not there in the offline, the developer should be able to get their issues resolved, you know, their issues addressed. So if you are building an ecosystem of uh, you know documentation through smaller uh, videos about how to use the tool or how to uh, you know uh, address a particular vulnerability, or uh, like frequently asked questions about, or uh, you know the false positive list of uh, issues, you know, uh, coming from different tools. So this is what I mean by you know uh, the ecosystem. So The moment I have found personally that you know, uh, say for example, uh, you know, uh, in the previous organization I started uh, when I started we started building the ecosystem and over a period I observed you know for almost two years developers they start using the whole ecosystem and then the feedback coming from tool eventually uh, they feel more comfortable with the uh, you know delivering security inside the uh, business features. And they feel more confident, uh, you know, mm-hmm. about yeah. their delivery. And they grew, right? Exactly. Like you, you taught them. They're also they're better at their craft right yeah. now. They're able to do it, so so they're happy. Like you're giving them something, something back, right? Absolutely, absolutely. 
In fact, uh, that's quite gratifying, by the way, when you see that confidence in the developer's eyes more than anything. I, I would love to see that, in fact. Yeah. So, uh, moving on to the next one, get feedback as possible from all sources. Yeah, we touched upon it uh, as well. So, coming from, you know, the, those four areas which I talked about, the static, the dynamic area, container security, and the OSS uh, you know, scanning. I would like to, in fact, uh, you know, try to integrate a few other areas. I mean, I'm planning to do that. One is the WAF rules, you know. If you're able to get WAF rules set for application, you get more feasible, uh, more visibility in terms of, uh, you know, feedback about uh, where and what kind of, uh, you know, attacks are happening on your application. So the mm-hmm. WAF, uh, in consultation with the SOC, you know, the Security Operation Center, so SOC people would be able to give us, uh, you know, some insights in terms of, hey, these, in this period of time, the attacks were primarily focused towards code injection, you know, or in this period of time, hey, the, the attack was primarily towards network and not on the application layer. So these kind of insights basically, uh, you know, over a period uh, helps to grow the understanding how the hackers work and how mm-hmm. your application should be secure, you know. So uh, feedback coming from different dimensions actually helps uh, 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 developers mature, you know, over a period. Yeah. No, if, if then, what you're doing uh, is any good, you know, you have to you have to be able to measure, right? You know, if you can't measure it, you can't optimize exactly. it. You have to uh, you have to improve it. Absolutely. And the last one is uh, the focus on process improvement, and uh, that uh, is a continuous process. It's not like hey, you have a DevSecOps program and then you're done. It's never like that. You know, the process yeah. is very very crucial uh, because. I have seen, uh, you know, if you focus towards the product, the end product, you would be able to achieve some significant value, but you will not be able to reproduce uh, in a successive, uh, in a longer period, in a strategic manner. But if you focus on improving the process itself, that is making it live, making it uh, adaptable, making, uh, you know, uh, prone to improve, uh, you know, by itself through some uh, other feedback or other mechanisms. So if you focus on the process, the quality of that end product becomes a secondary factor. And you can, you can, you know, predictably make it successful with every delivery if you focus on the process. I, I like uh, one uh, quote from, uh, you know, this uh, lady, Dr. Carol Weck. You know, maybe uh, you should have a session with her uh, on growth mindset. Yeah, really. I mean, uh, although, you know, her uh, domain was completely different when she talked about the growth mindset, but I, I love that idea and uh, I tend to apply that in, 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 you know, in the in general process improvement. The process can is independent of a domain, you know. It can be applied to data science, it can be applied to security, it can be applied to even business processes, you know. So what she says is, you know, you should embrace failures in the journey. That means uh, don't point fingers when something bad happens. You know, instead you say, hey, this is an opportunity to learn, you know. So embrace failures and, you know, think it as a stepping stone and, uh, you know, improvise the whole thing. Then inculcate the desire to be challenged. Now, this is very important, you know. There is element of uh, culture involved in this, but this culture can be worked upon over a period of time, you know. Mm-hmm. So... In certain cultures, uh, hierarchy is very important, uh, where you cannot challenge uh, your superior. Yeah, your, your boss or your manager. So exactly, yeah. But in, I found, because I, got, I was lucky to work in different cultures so far, you know, the US, Australia, Europe, and now in Asia. 
uh, I found uh, some of the European cultures are really nice in this respect, uh, where they say, hey, uh, I may be the CEO, but if, if you're a developer, if you have some suggestion, just come and share it with me. And then that feedback goes into improvising the process. So this, uh, you know, the culture should enable being challenged feature uh, in its DNA. And uh, irrespective of where you stand, if you are able to give uh, a good feedback by challenging the whatever uh, existing, I think uh, that's the best thing that can happen to improve process. And she says, uh, we believe in process than the end result. That's what I was talking about, you know. So one should not focus on the end result, but if you are able to focus on the process, you are definitely going to end up with a better result, actually. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Like really, really, really good principles. And I think, I, I love how they, they, again, they kind of, they touch one another, right? But a lot of them are about ownership. A lot of it is around simplification and making it easy. You know, like if security is too hard, people won't do it. You have to make it easy. And then, you know, I think the whole, kind of the last two principles in general, in, in, in particular, but also kind of the broader set, a lot of conversation around continuous improvement. You're never done. And that's a good thing. You know, em- yeah. embrace that you're never done versus being a, but I guess you also need to have the, the mindset and the perspective for it, but you also need to staff accordingly. It's not a temporary project that you're going to hire some people for. You have to understand that there are people here that need to be constant sort of service providers and, and enablers and be on top of the next technologies, threats, and the next evolutions and just changes in your own org and what does and doesn't work for it. Absolutely. And adapting that. That's true. Love, love the, love the principles, uh, Mohan. Before I, uh, I let you go here, I like to ask every guest uh, coming on the show if you have, you know, like this is like a wealth of information. But if you have kind of one bit of advice, you know, one kind of a, either a pet peeve about things you're seeing people do that you think they should just stop doing, or you know, one thing that if you embrace this, you're sort of leveling up your sort of security, uh, security foo. You know, whether it's on the dev side or on the security side, or organizational, what would that sort of bit of advice be? I have two figures, man. It's not one, two. <laughs> so you get <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so one thing, uh, you know, the top leaders, you know, uh, maybe it can be, uh, you know, the uh, CIO or, uh, you know, CISO uh, or CTO, you know, from them, if the security message goes down, it is easy to percolate, you know, because uh, you get funding, you get uh, processes resolved, you get mandate, uh, you know, uh, so... All these things are very conducive if the message comes from the top. The second aspect, you know, the second tip is basically irrespective of uh, which organization that you come from, what domain, you know, you need not be banking or, uh, you know, financial institution to work on security very seriously. You can be coming from any different domain or industry. Uh, you can actually achieve continuous security. Only thing is you need to take baby steps, but you need to take it continuously. And uh, you will definitely achieve continuous security for sure. Uh, that's that's great advice. You know, like uh, get going. You know, get started. It matters to everybody. Everybody can do it. And you don't you don't have to start from switching from nothing to perfect. You know, just make a step in the right True. direction. So, Mohan, this was great. Thanks a lot for for coming on the show. My pleasure. And uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. And I hope you join us for the next one. That's all we have time for today. If you'd like to come on as a guest on this show or get involved in this community, find us at thesecuredeveloper.com or on Twitter at thesecuredev. Visit heavybit.com to find additional episodes, full transcriptions, and other great podcasts. See you next time.